The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Rav Druk brings a story that illustrates the problem of taking sides of a story. The story takes place in the middle 1800s in Yerushalayim. There was a father who amassed some money. In those days, they didn't have banks. If you had accumulated money, what did you do with it? You put it away in your own home. You hid it. This father had a Napoleon gold coin. In those days, a Napoleon gold coin, or today, is worth between twenty and $50,000. It was 90% gold. The father put it on a very high shelf in a discreet room in the house. One day, while the father and mother were not at home, his six-year-old boy went up the ladder and got hold of that Napoleon gold coin. And where does a six-year-old go? To the candy store. He goes to the candy store. And he buys himself a few lollipops. And he comes home happily. But he sees his father is not so happy. He has a very sad face. He says to his son, how did you purchase these lollipops? He says, um, did you take my money? Did you take my coin? The son admitted, and he said, yes, Daddy, I took your coin. The father was flabbergasted. He ran back to the grocery store, and he told him, to the owner of the grocery store, my son was just in here a little while ago. He purchased a few lollipops. He gave you a Napoleon gold coin. Don't you know how much that's worth? Where is it? Give it back to me. I own it. It's mine. You're a Ghanif. The owner looks at the father straight in the face. He says, your son did not give me a Napoleon coin. He gave me a copper coin. The father says, you're a liar. You're a chakra. And he brought this grocery owner to Besden. It's a true story. And Besden Paskin, I don't know the details, but the Besden Paskin, that he's a moide b'miksas. You know what a moide b'miksas means? Someone who partially admits has to make a shvua. He has to swear. This guy did not want to swear. So then you have to pay money. Then pay the rest. But he didn't have the money. He didn't have $20,000. He was forced into a shvua that he did not take a gold Napoleon coin from this boy. But the rumors circulated in Yushalayim that this store owner supposedly stole a gold coin and made a full shvua. They took sides people stopped patronizing this store. He eventually lost his business, went bankrupt, and lived in abject poverty because of it. A few months go by. There's a knock at the house of the father who owned the gold coin. Stranger. The father invites this man in. He says, what can I do for you? He says, I owe you something. He says, you owe me? I don't even know who you are. He says, yes, I owe you a Napoleon gold coin. He says, what are you talking about? He says, a couple of months ago, I saw your son 
walking down the street holding the Napoleon coin. My family did not even have bread to eat. We were starving. So I went over to your son and I took the coin and I exchanged it with a copper coin. And I said to myself, I'm going to pay you back. I just need it for now so that I could put food on the table for my children so they don't starve to death. I took the gold coin. I gave your son the copper coin. Here's your money back. I found a way to make it up and I'm giving it back to you. I'm doing tshuva. The father couldn't believe it. He was totally distraught. Look what he did to the grocery owner. He made him make a full shvua in Bezdin. He lost his business. And look at the machlekes that took place in the city. Because people took sides. They didn't know the facts. They felt what was right was right. Without knowing the details. And a person lost his whole parnasa because of it. Rav Druk went and said, and it says in the Sefer, Who's going to Gehenim for this? Who's going to suffer? The grocer? No. He didn't do anything wrong. He was given a copper coin exactly the way he said. So who's going to suffer for this? The man who took the coin from the little boy? No, he's not going to suffer. He did tshuva. He did something wrong initially, but he did tshuva. So who's going to get Gehenim for this? You know who? The townspeople. Because they're the ones who took sides. They took a position. They were part of a revolt in causing an innocent man to lose his parnasa. Unfortunately, this happens today too. This is not 1800s. It's not Kairach. How many times do we know that in a community there's a dispute? In a shul, there could be a dispute. Even in a family, there could be a machlaikis. It's not uncommon. Listen, we're all different people. We have different tendencies. We have different natures. We have different expectations. We're not all the same. If every single person was the same, there would never be machlaikis. But that's the beauty of it. We're all unique. And therefore, we don't see eye to eye. We don't see eye to eye in business. We may not see eye to eye in the shul. We may not see eye to eye in the community. But if there is a dispute between two parties, let those two parties argue it out. Who are the rest of the people in the community or the members of the shul or the members of the school to take sides? The dispute is not between you. It's between those two people. And when the rest of the members get involved, it adds fuel. And that the whole community is a part of a machoikis, a rebellion. It becomes a das kairach. And this is the lesson from the parsha. Machoikis is normal. It's part of our DNA. It started with Cain and Hevel. If someone has a difference of opinion, there's a bastion, if need be. Or let them work it out by themselves. Or go, go to a rug and get a second opinion. 
But we need to stay back. We need to continue on. Continue davening in the shul. Continue learning in the yeshiva. Continue being part of the community. Machleikis only leads to worse things. Like we saw by Kairach. You've just experienced... Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire dot org.